Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. You have ding dang all old robots in disguise, new thing, more new thing, more more meets the eye, and I don't know what he died. I'm David. Pocket sand. Yes, we're back at the King of the Hill. You know, I, I, I tell you what, that uh, that heat seeker ain't right. <laughs> it's time oh, for propane sh- and propane accessories. I just realized uh-huh. we should have done a King of the Hill episode for April 1st. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Damn it. Would have been funny. Would have been pointless, but it would have been funny. <laughs> <laughs> but that was weeks ago. So yeah, this is King of the Hill Part Two, the uh, the second part of the two part season three fin- uh, premiere. Uh, first season aired four, April if you're looking it up on YouTube. Yes, and for Ms. Jackson, that we discussed, if you're nasty. Yes, for reasons that we discussed last episode. Uh, written much like the first part uh, by Adam Beechin, sort of the showrunner. And uh, previously on Robots in Disguise, the Autobots are in a nuclear waste dump uh, attempting to stop the maniacal and also mysterious Decepticon heat seeker from blowing the whole thing up and turning the Southwestern United States into that game Fallout. <gasps> I love that game. I mean, I guess I don't want to go hang out in that game. Hmm. So, so Grimlock is trying, you know, they're, they're fleeing these missiles. They're sort of trying to draw them away. Uh, but luckily Drift has some familiarity with these. So he has them all use their, like, Aquaman, uh, Professor X powers, by which I mean their, uh, their communication systems, to sort of, like, turn them up super high, which does make a bunch of concentric circles emerge from their heads. You know, normal stuff. Yes. No, to me, my X-Men. <laughs> yeah, you gotta do the wub, 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 wub circles. Wub, wub, That's wub, how wub. you do things. That's how you do the mental stuff. Unless you do it with a pink butterfly. Jubilee, bring me a cheese pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and they are able to remotely short out these detonators, and they just sort of harmlessly dink against the Autobots. Yeah. It is pretty cute. It is some yes. very charming... Harmless dinking. And unfortunately, they have now fried their comics, so they can't communicate with Fix-It, and they also can't do that again. They got one try. Yep. And, and, and Grimlock, who starts separately from the group, comes back and says, Hey guys, I'm alive! <laughs> oh yeah, well, oh, Grimlock. This, Grimlock spends this entire episode slowly catching up to everyone and saying, hey, I'm still alive. Poor guy. Oh, we're still moving? Oh, great. There's one bit where he's sort of trying to be stealthy. He's hiding behind a bunch of, bunch of rocks, and all I could think of was that Monty Python bit, uh, How Not to Be Seen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, so they, they've got to evacuate the area. You know, make sure there are no humans around, and that's mostly true, but unfortunately there's still that hermit hmm. who has to be rousted from his hermitage. Yes. So that is going to be Sideswipe and Strongarm's job, and unfortunately much like in the previous episode, they are still very brown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they but guys, the rest most of this episode extremely brown. At least Bumblebee like, and Drift also don't turn brown. 
No, I mean, that's the thing. You're ruining the whole Sentai team aesthetic here by yeah. be, continuing to be brown. Yes. Although part of me kind of wished that Grimlock would be brown, because he hasn't done the camo trick before, I don't think. That's true. Now, question, has there ever been a brown ranger? Uh, I think maybe. there's There's been, like, bronze or something. Ooh. Let me go consult the internet. Bronze ranger. Well, I mean, I, I know there's been, a, like, a gold ranger and certainly a silver ranger. I guess the bronze ranger would be, like, the third best ranger. <laughs> the number three ranger. That's right. The well, at least you won something, ranger. <laughs> Better than not placing, ranger. Uh oh. Hmm. <laughs> not seeing an official one. I mean, it makes sense. Brown is not really an appealing color for yeah. a costume. No. Of the superhero variety. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, no, the the few bronze or bronze-ish. Apparently the old Brown Ranger is a joke video somebody made online. Uh Aha. That doesn't count. Hmm. Although, oh, what the hell? Bulk and Skull in the comics became Rangers at one point as a joke. I forget what the color... I think one of them was orange. Was the other one brown? Was it because it was poop-colored? They make a joke about him being poop-colored. I'm looking it up. That sounds like the kind of thing we get with Bulk and Skull. Very much so. Mm. Oh, I think there were orange and purple, which are uncommon colors, but there have been a few purple and orange rangers. Not unprecedented. Yes. But brown, no brown ranger. So anyway, Bumblebee and Drift, they make their way to a, a what seemingly an abandoned gas station. Hmm. Which, I don't I don't know if you should have a gas station this close to the radioactive waste well, dump. I mean, I guess the question is, which was there first? That's, this is true. Well, the, the gas station was there first. This is left over from the Mobile Armored Strike Command's base. <laughs> oh, what was that place called? Iron Mountain? or I do not remember. I didn't have that toy. Boulder Mountain? A Boulder Mountain. Yeah, it was something like that. Boulder Mountain. Also, maybe sometimes you need a place to fuel up the trucks that are transporting the toxic waste. Oh, that's true. Mm. That's true. So it is currently abandoned, although somebody's left a bunch of barrels around. And Bumblebee very foolishly is all, oh, well, we aren't going to let these barrels gonna stop you, gonna stop us. But clearly Bumblebee has never played a video game. <laughs> this whole sequence is just like extremely video game. Yeah. Like, it just absolutely feels like a level in a video game where you have to drive around the barrels before they get blown up. And Also, Bumblebee calls the Decepticon a perp, in case you forgot that they're cops. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, he's blowing up these barrels all over the place. Bumblebee and Drift are in dire straits. We've got a strong arm sideswipe who are, who find this hermit, and he's you know, they try and convince him to leave, but he's convinced that that is just a government conspiracy to keep him away from the aliens. <laughs> I mean, fair. Listen, he wants to believe. <laughs> I mean, th- this is what your average alien conspiracy looks like, not David Duchovny. Yeah, this is entirely true. As somebody who occasionally has to field these emails at work, 
this is entirely true. Oh. We, okay, literally one time somebody sent us a picture of something that they thought was a drone or something hanging around outside their house. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. like, if you have a screen window, the way that raindrops sort of catch on it, mm-hmm. yep. it, it was just a raindrop <laughs> on her window. <laughs> oh, jeez. People are dumb. So whenever, whenever, whenever you try to answer those emails, do you find there's like a weird guy like smoking cigarettes at the back of the room? <laughs> we generally do not answer those emails. <laughs> good, good. Occasionally mm. we inform them that concerns about drones should be directed to local law enforcement. Well, that makes sense. I mean, obviously you should just answer each email with a, a form letter that says the truth is out there. <laughs> yeah. F Mulder at at uh, FAA dot uh, gov. <laughs> anyway, so Sideswipe's all like, "Oh, hey, you want to see some aliens? Well, look, aliens transforms into robot moments like greetings from another world, which uh, almost di- works, but then doesn't." Di- well, it works so well, or it doesn't work so well that it works. And yes. Darren Chris's line delivery here is very funny. <laughs> yeah, going over the top as a crazy person. It's like, oh, uh, th- these are, can't be real alien robots. I'm hallucinating. Yes. It's like, so sure, as long as you leave. It specifically says that, that alien robots can't be car, like, super They've cool never disguised themselves cars. as cars. Oh yeah, like I think fancy cars. Specifically says fancy cars. Yeah. Yes, which does which apply abs- to sideswipe. Kind of, yeah, it does kind of remind me of of uh, G one skids and how he's he almost got it, except that he was operating in completely the wrong region for the kind of vehicle that he was an extremely common model of. <laughs> I mean, he's still doing better than like Mirage and Wheeljack. Yeah. Yes. Almost. He almost got it. So so this guy does indeed head out. Because he thinks that the government is drugging him. Oh yeah, cactus juice. Yeah. You know, cactus juice, uh, possibly the chemtrails. Yeah, but he said cactus juice. And th- this came out after Avatar, The Last Airbender, right? Yes. Although I guess cactus juice is a real thing, but they just oh, sure. reminded me of the cactus juice episode. Oh. In the desert. Where I, Asaka I, drinks cactus juice and just sort of goes a little crazy. I've still not seen Avatar. Uh, would recommend. Okay. It, it was good. I watched it, actually. That that was one of my pandemic nice, chill watch-throughs. And mm. yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It had one of the few uh, legitimate examples of a drill tank. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, like an actual <laughs> real world drill tank in a in a cartoon. It's like, wow, well, that never happens. Okay, so, that would actually function. Yeah, so, that so would we- actually create a hole large enough for itself to go through. Good job. <laughs> so, so Grimlock arrives to help out uh, Bumblebee and Drift, and he does manage to uh, distract uh, Heatseeker a little. But unfortunately, then Heatseeker is able to use do a crazy flip. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> as is you weird. do. This is very cool. Where he sort of drags his bumper on the ground, which makes him flip over backwards, and then just slams right into drift. Which, I mean, he is a stunticon. 
Yeah, it is nice to see a stunticon living up to the name. Mm. Doing a stunt. And then he just knocks Bumblebee into this oil pit. And mm. B can't even get away. His, his tires are uh, are stuck or spinning freely in the oil. And then suddenly, this so my, minicon. Oh, hmm. My one problem that I have with Heatseeker's design is that his head is so small proportionally that he looks like he's a lot bigger than he is actually supposed to be. Yes. Mm. Yeah, it is kind of a teensy little head. It is dinky. Anyway, speaking of dinky, but l- Minicon friend. Yes. So, but luckily, this Minicon, he's able to power link to uh, to Bumblebee and he gi- give him driving claws that he never knew he had. <laughs> uh. Never even knew I had these driving claws. You know, Armada is so weird because it's got such a good cast. And they're just delivering all of the worst dialogue. Because <laughs> yeah. after Beast Wars and Beast Machines, everybody was like, oh yeah, Transformers Project, that should be really good. No, it wasn't. It was not. <laughs> it was absolutely not. So that's why I've, I've noticed catching those episodes on Pluto TV. It's like all these, I mean, I'd say B-list at worst voice actors. I'm pretty close to a lot of A-listers there. Like, mm. I mean, I would say that David Kay and Gary Chalk are, like, A-list voices. Especially, I mean, David Kay has won an Emmy at this point. So, oh, sure. He's, he's, in, he's in MCU movies. Yeah. But, yeah, just delivering poorly translated, <laughs> stilted dialogue for yeah. this terribly animated show. They deserve better. Everything about Armada deserved better than that show. <laughs> Anyway, there's a minicon. I love him. Bumblebee didn't even know he had these driving claws. Yes, and now he can fly. He's a flying car. It's fun. He's enjoying it. With the the, the size of those little driving claws, Bumblebee should not be able to fly. It's got rockets. (laughs) Can't can't wiggle its little wings fast enough. Meanwhile, uh, back uh, we are back at uh, at the the Super Bowl of like local neighborhood <laughs> ragamuffin football. Yeah, players. like somehow this is the championship. How many little small teams that are not like official? They don't have uniforms. Are there in this area? Is it just the two? Well, it, it doesn't matter because you know Russell. He's putting himself on the uh, on the DL because you know he's hurt his ankle because. He's not actually hurt, but he also can't beat this enormous tall guy. Oh, can't kick oh, him over. Disabled list, you meant? Okay, like my brain went to on the down low. It's like no, that's oh. not right. <laughs> no, he's not on the down low. I mean, he's feeling pretty down and pretty low. Uh, well, I I will say, but that not in that uh, sense. As someone who is a part of the LGBTQ plus community, I also thought on the down low. No. Yeah. This is what I get from not talking to people who uh, watch sports. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I, I got it. It just took a few seconds more. But, you know, Denny's got a, he's, he's got an inspiring anecdote. Because, you know, back in the day, I was a straight-A student. And already, Denny, I do not believe. <laughs> what? I could believe it if it was, like, third grade, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, I was a straight A student, and then one day I got a D. I just wanted to give up everything. And then, oh, and then, so you gave and up then, school and quit and started a junkyard at the age of six? That would have been me. Oh, wait, now third grade would be eight years old. Right? I can't believe yeah. you somehow married a woman who has a job in Copenhagen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we haven't had a mention of the mom in a long time. I don't think we ever get one. Yeah, it, it might have been just that Copenhagen line in like This is just one long-ass summer. Yes. Yeah. Apparently. I, but, you know, I, uh, I I picked myself up and I, I just started, I got, I worked hard again and then I started getting good grades again. And then I graduated and then I became a guy who owns a scrapyard. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to start a successful business selling vintage stuff. So yeah, so he's uh Bumblebee can fly now. He's uh he's enjoying himself. Also, looking looking back at my notes, let's go back just for a moment to when Sideswipe and Strongarm were trying to convince this uh weird RV guy because there was some also some great alien music in that. Yes. Like, 50s alien movie. Oh yeah, music. we're doing th- we're doing fake theremin stuff. Yes, fake Ooh, theremin, theremin stuff. So I I just want to point that out because I love that kind of thing. Anyway, yeah. back to Bumblebee flying around, oh, having the, fun. I think I think I heard something recently. Like the first movie to use theremin was War of the Worlds. I think that sounds about right. I could see that. It's, yeah. pr- it's or, probably that, or maybe like Forbidden Planet. Oh yeah, maybe it was. It was something like that. Like it was one of those soundtracks, like inspired like all sci-fi soundtracks afterwards. Yes. I mean, Forbidden Planet was so influential. They just they just kept using that robot. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Robbie was laying around. I well, and he. I mean, he's. I mean, I enjoy Forbidden Planet, but he steals that movie. Yeah, yeah. Robbie's pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, so hi, uh, Felix. So we do check in briefly with this hermit whose RV has broken down. He's he's got a flat tire. Really should have bought it secondhand from that Heisenberg guy. Yeah, well, <laughs> you don't know what's been going on in there. Somebody's definitely been cooking meth in there. Yeah. Let him cook. <laughs> anyway, so they, uh, you know, the Autobots have final, you know, uh, and also, this minicon is not too chatty because he's just not telling Bumblebee why he's there, or Wait, uh, does the does or, the minicon even say anything in the episode? He does not say anything. But he's he doesn't even have a line at the end. He's I guess humanoid oh. enough that he seems like it's not just that he can't talk because we have had minicons right. that can talk, and we've also had minicons that are like little goblins. Who yes. just make little goblin noises? This but guy we've also is, had talking animal dudes. Yeah, so. this guy mm. is humanoid enough that it seems like he should be able to talk. He's just not. He's just Chooses playing things to. close to his chest. Yes. Oh, wait, have we ever had a mute transformer other than Soundwave in Prime? Although he wasn't mute, mute. He just used sound clips. I mean, we've definitely had guys who didn't have lions. And we had the well, yeah. Armada minicons that just beeped and booped and oh, made sound yeah. yes. sounds. They, mm. Yes, they were mute, kind of. I mean, anyway. people could understand them, though. Yes. So they weren't functionally mute. Mm. 
Well, as it turns out, maybe a guy that we thought was mute is maybe not as mute as we thought. Yeah. yeah well, if we'll, we'll stay there. tuned to the end of this episode. <gasps> yes. Dun, dun, dun. So anyway, B's able to uh, to escape here via his flying around. He shakes these, uh, he escapes these missiles, and so now everybody is converging on Heatseeker. And so he is just about to fire these missiles right into the ground here, just totally nuke the whole thing. And so the, the whole team bum-rushes him, dog-piles him. <laughs> Including slow, sad Grimlock, who shows up that's like, oh, it's business time, and, and he roars. Aww. Yes. And then, we'll meet again, don't know where, don't know when. It is a pretty big explosion. It's a huge explosion. Yeah, it, like, wipes out the screen. I am become death, destroyer of worlds. It's, it's a pretty significant explosion. And then when the smoke clears, Heatseeker has escaped, and en route to escaping, he finds a uh, a little uh, a little bit of a techno thingy here. Yeah, they had it's, uh, this... It's apparently a- I think last episode, uh, Strongarm and Sideswipe were using this to find Heatseeker. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it is a, a thing that detects Cybertronian artifacts. Ooh. Oh, boy! Which just looks like... It looks like a rusty hand mirror with spikes on it. Time for more artifacts. Artifacts, always fun. <laughs> yeah. Time for more artifacts. Oh boy. At least in Armada, the artifacts were people. Yes. And now, and now the B team, uh, they have let their powers combine, and they're now one dude. Yeah. Somehow, at least no one's brown anymore. Off. Yes, oh yeah, it, they it, changed color. It, it blew oh. the brown right off them. Yeah, yeah, but somehow they they have become a Sentai combiner out of nowhere. Blew them back to their original colors. Yeah, hilariously, uh, Grimlock is both legs, meaning Drift is the sword. Yeah, that's that. That's such a weird design. He becomes this tiny little. Oh, sword that's gotta suck. Grimlock is the biggest, but because of their combination scheme, it is more like Sentai than it is Transformers. Yes. Which is weird. It's very like, um, what was it, the Zeozords, I think? Was the ones with the the frog legs? Or am I remembering the wrong deal? Uh, No, no, that's not Zeo. That was the Ninja Zords. (laughs) Oh, right, the Ninja Zords. I I think. Oh, uh, was the Zeo the bull? Yeah, that one was also like legs. I thought the Zeo, they just weren't really recognizable things. Well, no, the, the, the first ones in Zeo were like. There was like a Maui statue. There was a lion. There was okay. uh, Dogu was the other leg. It, it's an ancient Japanese statue thingy. And, and uh, the leg, the upper legs were a bull. I think oh. maybe there was a torso too. It has been a while. But like, yeah, they, they, they were like symbolic of ancient ancient uh, structure. Like they had a giant pyramid. Mm-hmm. They were ancient, ancient civilization tied. Anyway. And uh, and also, uh, so yeah, so we cut now back to the uh, back to the big game. Mm-hmm. Russell decides that he is not going to give up. He puts his helmet back on and indeed kicks a field goal over this giant freak of nature. Yeah, he realizes. Oh, I just got to aim higher. Yes. Hooray, sports! Got to get much higher. Back to the Autobots. They have they decombine and they have no idea what just happened. 
Yeah, they decombined. They combined off screen and they decombined off screen. They all just had the strangest dream. I just feel real weird. Like I was an art. Like I had a big fist coming out of me. (laughs) Grimlock says he felt like everybody was standing on his head. (laughs) Yeah. Drift says everything was dark. And also, somebody has taken uh, Bumblebee's Decepticon Hunter. Uh oh. But oh no, know they it's only not, have three of those. It's a little confusing because now Heatseeker, uh, he took one of he took their thing, but not that thing in particular. And he goes talk to uh, goes to talk to his boss. It's a shadowy figure who, as the credits reveal, is is indeed Motormaster. He's a shadowy figure. I think the credits should yes. really have to say things like shadowy figure until it's revealed <laughs> who they are. Well, the problem is with this episode, it'd have to be Shadowy Figure 1 and Shadowy Figure 2. That is fair. Well, well, Shadowy Figure and Figure in Glowing Hole. Yes. So, Shadowy Figure here, uh, voiced by Travis Willingham. Okay. He's a big anime guy. Uh, He was Roy Mustang in Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, he's uh, one of the guys from um, Critical Role. He's one of the Critical Role guys. Uh, He's Knuckles the Echidna. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, he's all over the place. Uh, he's Portgas D Ace in One Piece. Yeah. So a lot of an- he's Guile in Street Fighter. Uh, he's Thor in like a bunch of Avengers cartoons. And yeah, this whole Critical Role thing, which I do not fully understand, but I understand it's a big deal of some sort. Yes, I, I watched some of it. it. It is fun, but also it's like four plus hours of watching people play D&D every week, and there's only so many hours in the day. It's fun, but, but like, there's other shit to do. I was Also, it's on, I think it's on Thursday, and it's like it's not at a good time for me, so I'd have to watch the I was trying dog. to explain to my sister that that's a whole thing, because she was curious about the sudden large amount of Dungeons and Dragons merchandise. <laughs> which yeah. which was initially brought up because I know her kids are to some degree into Bakugan. Mm-hmm. And I I sent her a picture of one of those uh oh, yes, the, the dice, dice slings dragons. and I was just like oh, yes. all lowercase like is this a Bakugan? <laughs> 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 she was like, yeah, there's a weird amount of D&D merchandise lately. And it's like, yeah, apparently, A, there's a movie, and B, there's, like, a whole thing with people doing podcasts and shows of well, yeah, their playthroughs. Like, the Critical Role's been going on for, I wouldn't say a decade, but quite a while. She needs stuff for her kids to watch that doesn't lead them down a Nazi rabbit hole the way that Minecraft playthroughs will. Oh, dear. Yeah, I guess Critical Role. They're generally nice people. They're just all white people. Yeah. (laughs) But they're reasonably decent voice actors. And now cut to Stuntwing, the Minicon, who is indeed the guy who's stolen this uh, Decepticon Hunter. He's talking to his own shadowy figure. Well, he's standing in front of his own shadowy figure. Yes, a a, a glowing voice coming out of a, a glowing hole. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. A, vo- a voice that perhaps might be a touch familiar. <sighs> well, familiar if you've seen G one, not familiar if you've seen Prime. Well, he had one line in Prime. <laughs> Did I don't even remember that? Yes. And uh, yeah, welcome back to uh, back to Transformers, Frank Welker. Yay! Because uh, and uh, 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 the credits do in fact reveal exactly who this is. Yes. 
Uh, so I mean, it's not just you don't, Frank Welker. It's heavily processed Frank Welker. So heavily processed Frank Welker. It's pretty clear who this Walker is. Sound wave. Yep. He's the tape guy. Yes, it's time for the tape guy. He's got a little guy doing his business for him. Yep. <laughs> As he is known for. And uh, yeah, that is the episode. So yeah, we've got two different shadowy figures and. Uh, spoilers, the subline uh, or the subline name for this series of toys was Combiner Force. <gasps> yes. Yay! Combinering! I do remember this episode, and it's like they combined? Why? How? Now? Ra- I mean, this obviously goes by like Marvel Silver Age rules. Radiation can do anything. <laughs> I mean, I assume we'll have a little more. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I assume we'll have a little more explanation. Probably, yeah, but, like, this is the point where the aligned continuity where there was, like, the matrix of combination, which is how you got combinations, and then suddenly they're combined for no reason. Well, it's it's sort of like uh, the origin of Carol Danvers in the comics, where she there's, like, a, a big explosion. She's being carried by uh, the original Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. Yeah. And, like, that explosion caused her to, like, absorb his Kree power-ness. Sure. Sure, which which was retconned slightly different Well, yes. A couple times, I think. Yes. That, well, she was already part Kree or some shit, and then... Yes, that, that's correct. That there was a machine that gave her powers anyway. There was multiple layers. Uh, the the Psychomagnetron. <laughs> oh. And now we just kind of forget Marvel even existed. Well, you know, his, his, his gay kid's still running around. Oh, that's something. good. I didn't know he had a kid. Oh, well, it's, uh, what's his, uh, Hulkling of the Young Avengers. Oh, I didn't know what? that he was his kid. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, A, I, I've read bits of stuff with Hulkling in it. I didn't realize anything about his parentage. B, like, how the hell did Jen not find that out? <laughs> they have not been good at marketing that. Ah. I guess Marvel is so unimportant, but like billing someone as the son of Marvel doesn't add any cred at all. I mean, he he was Annette Benning in a movie. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, the movie version was better. So you get a good actor. There you go. Notable. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, I, I you know this episode is definitely setting up all sorts of stuff that we'll be dealing with throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. I mean, much like I was talking about Armada and how the original Armada was, you know, the cartoon was not great, uh, but I felt like during the last little mini season, we got a lot of really good handling of mini cons, and I'm looking forward to seeing. Cause I've always, <laughs> I have always had very strong opinions about combiners. And how writers will often treat them like they're just the combiner because they don't care about the individual characters. They just want to have the big macguffin robot. And so I feel like this might actually give us one of the, the rare opportunities to actually have the individual components be characters and have that have it be like about them having to work together and... You know, the the whole, like, character interaction of it. 
So yeah, well, because they're already characters, so that's a good way mm. to go. Yeah, they've already got a team dynamic, so now you can explore that team dynamic in the context of everybody standing on Grimlock's head, swing and <laughs> drift around like a sword. <laughs> so I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we're going to get some good dealing with characters being combiners this time. Which, man, Robots in Disguise is so underrated. It's so underappreciated. Because, you know, it was impossible to find. And yes. On it, goodness even knows when. And it was before. At least with Cyberverse, they were putting up the episodes pretty much immediately on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So the series kind of got lost. There there was a little while we were having to pirate it to even be able to yes. watch it for the show. And now it's at least all up on YouTube. So it is it is underrated. People should definitely go watch it on YouTube. But I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing how this creative crew deals with the whole team dynamic element of combiners and treating them as individuals and not just the big MacGuffin. Okay, it'll be nice to see a season of Transformers that I haven't seen, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, other well, I haven't seen any Rescue Bots previously, but that's different in a way. Well, because it's more for little kids. But this is a mainline Transformers series that I did not see, like, at least half of this season. Somehow. Yeah, I saw a couple episodes with uh, some of the other Stunticons, but I haven't seen, like, the whole thing. Mm. Yeah, I, I remember one specific other Stunticon, but that's yes. about it. The one who is... Yes, that one. <laughs> ...breakdown and knockouts fail son. Yes. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Yes. All right, so, but where we will get to now is David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes, this week on 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 5 Man... Uh, Red Fighting Robot, which is not the most original title for an episode, but it is appropriately description. Um, Remember the uh, the episode, like, a couple months ago I mentioned about a giant middle schooler that was the monster of the week? Uh Uh-huh. He's back for the opening of this episode because a red robot comes from space while this little giant monster kid is happy that he's on summer vacation and the red robot beats the shit out of him because at first he thinks it's it's the the uh, five man's like five robo that has come because they have a similar silhouette because they're a big robot shaped out of boxes <laughs> and this red robot beats him up and then he's like you're not that tough five robo's better and then the robot's like well fuck it I'm gonna go beat the shit out of five robo and leaves this alien child's planet to go to Earth and stands on the top of buildings in the middle of downtown Tokyo or whatever fictional city we're dealing with and shouts, where the fuck's five robo? So the rangers are like, well fuck, we gotta go out to get knock this robot off those buildings before he crushes them and kills people. <laughs> so they do that and they carry him to the middle of nowhere where there's no buildings to destroy and they have a little fight in, in the the Japanese wasteland somewhere and and then the robot the rangers are like hey that robot's kind of familiar hey it's made out of the same alloy and scanning it it has like the same processors and pistons and all kind of shit that our dad put into this five robo but our dad is dead question mark we thought so he couldn't have built another robot because we only knew about the robot he built so 
we want to question this person piloting the other robot. Where'd you get the robot? So so eventually they do get out of the robot after getting their butt kicked a little bit. And then the guy piloting gets out and he's like Gunther the Rogue Space Wolf or some nonsense. And he's a crazily outfitted alien dude with a blonde wig and a lot of bronzer on. And, and they're like, okay, where'd you get the giant robot? I made it. No, 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 no. Where'd you get the robot? I made it. I made it. Really, dude? It looks just like our fucking robot, except it looks kind of more like uh, specifically G1 Transformers Blaster, because it, it's big and red. It has a face mask. Like, the, the wait, the toy version of Blaster had a face mask, right? Yes. Mm, yes, yes. And, and like, its chest kind of looks like a tape holder. So it's like... Wait a minute, what are you doing with Blaster that looks like our robot? And he's like, no, no, this is mine. It does have, it does have some, like, cassette spool nipples going on there, so. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so they're interrupted because the, the bad guys, the regular aliens show up. Oh, no! The the, ba- the bad guys send out one of their giant Stay Puft Marshmallow robots to... While this guy is arguing with the rangers and they're having a little fight on the ground, steal the red robot and run away with it. (laughs) And then the alien Gunther is like, hey, that's my robot! Runs away. And then he gets kidnapped by billions and some of the, uh, the bad guys. And then they take him back to their base and then their giant mystic Mother uh, Meadow yells at him. It's like, you're an idiot. Shoots lightning at him. It's like, oh, do you really want to kick the ranger's ass? You were at a stalemate. I'll give you a big spear. Go back and kill them. It's like, sure. This is an odd distraction, but we get more robot fight as he comes back with a spear and he fights the rangers again. Sword versus spear. And it's more fun robot fight. And, and then the, the rangers notice, oh, wait, if this is designed just like ours, there's a little uh, secret entrance door on the chest. There's a back door in the front. So they, they grab the spear and hold the two robots close together while the Red Ranger runs across the spear, jumps onto the chest, and starts to open the door by putting a mini-disc in and waiting. It's like, well, if this opens just like ours because our dad built it, but it takes forever to open. Oh, maybe our dad didn't do it. Ding! And then the door opens. It's like, oh, our dad did build this. And then he <laughs> sneaks into the robot, opens the door behind Gunther piloting it. Gunther's like, what the fuck are you doing in my cockpit? <laughs> and then suddenly they hit, they whack a button on the console. The robot starts walking by itself, falls off of a giant cliff, and the, it seems, oh, they're doomed. They're going to die. But then suddenly it turns into a giant flaming phoenix and then converts into a, a sort of spaceship thing and flies away, taking Gunther and the Red Ranger away while the other rangers are in five robo going, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> what just happened? How did that happen? Get back here. Where'd Red go on? And that's the cliffhanger at the end of the episode. Ooh. So it's an introduction of a new robot that that is stolen by an alien, apparently. Uh-huh. It's like, yay, we get to sell more toys. Yay! <laughs> and it is really weird. Like, it looks a lot like Blaster without looking exactly like Blaster. It's just red robot with a face mask and a tape deck chest that isn't a tape <laughs> deck. is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Alright, well, we will be back next week with more Robots in Disguise. Until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. 
Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, for our March episode, uh, we have traveled to Zabayu. <laughs> they, they gonna, what, they, what was it? They're gonna, they gonna do something to my brother that wasn't kill, because they couldn't say kill. The important. I guess maybe they, they gonna they gonna ice my brother. No, it was like I. It's in my notes somewhere. It was pretty. It was great. It was great. But uh, yeah, we are going to Zabayu to visit the thieves and the assassins, and maybe try to explain a little bit about what an external is yeah. uh, in the delightfully accented uh, classic X Men cartoon episode. Externally yours. Uh, where we learn I'm, a little too much about Gambit's love life. That's right. I'm going to force my uh, my co-host to uh, learn about uh, Gideon and Cruel. <sighs> yeah, Seriously, I, I reading through the the late New Mutants comics, and I saw Gideon on the page, and I was just like, I hate this asshole. <laughs> I don't know anything about him yet, but I immediately hate him, except that he had a toy, because everyone had a toy. It was the 90s. <laughs> uh, we haven't sorted out what we're doing for April yet, but it will be fun, I'm sure, whatever it ends up being. I, I, I feel that uh, we, were, we were perhaps leaning towards uh, letting our powers combine. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, some uh, combining with some Jeff Goldblum and some Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> some- ah, yeah. ah. I, th- I think some of these muffins are ready. Yeah, yeah that button. was that was mine. That was my muffin watch. Getting messages from my All mom. Right. All right. So until next time, when uh, we uh, deal with a defrosted Decepticon, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Uh, a crustacean? Con- Wait, is he edible? Is he a crab? Can we eat the next episode, Monster of the Week? Well, Decepticon. <gasps> I'm David. Is it cl- is it clamped down? Shisha. Should be clamped down. Crustacean. It, it is crusta- not. I, I do not remember how that's pronounced. I will will find out. Mm-hmm.